Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for having John be inspired and to record all of these words. And Father, we pray that as we have gathered in your name, in your house, that your word would richly abide in us and we would go forth from here and bear much fruit that would remain. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's read John 15. Again, I know you know it because you've discussed it, but to me there's just something powerful in the reading of the word altogether. In John 15, Jesus says to his intimate group of 11 disciples, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser and every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and it dries up and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends, which is what he was getting ready to do, of course. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you would go and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain so that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. This I command you, that you love one another. Let's stop there for right now because I want us to go back and look at several things. I want us to begin by saying that verse 15, 1, when Jesus says, I am, this is his seventh I am statement. Do you recall all of his I am's? I don't know if you can read them uh, from where you're sitting, but if you are, read them with me. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. 
I'm the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. And in each of these declarations, Jesus is capitalizing on that I am, knowing what it resonates in the people's ears and minds when he uses that I am. I'd like for you to look over at the window where it says the true vine. Isn't that a beautiful stained glass window? And it so well depicts the vine, the branches, and the fruit hanging. And that is who Jesus explains we are to be. We are to be producing. The Holy Spirit produces through us that fruit. This word of him calling himself the true vine, I know you've already discussed it in your, in your classes, but just as a reminder, this word true, it means uh, he is not like the nation of Israel, which was symbolized by the vine, but instead he was perfect, opposed to the imperfect way that Israel had performed, had obeyed. He nourished, and as we're being nourished today, unlike Israel, who did not keep God's commands, who did not end up being his instruments of righteousness. In Isaiah 5, 7, it says, For the vineyard of the Lord hosts is the house of Israel. He looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed. For righteousness, but behold, a cry of distress. And then in Psalm 80, 15, he spoke of the shoot, and he said, Even the shoot which your right arm has plant, hand has planted, and on the sun whom you have strengthened for yourself. And so Jesus was the true vine, whereas Israel, the nation of Israel, had failed. And Jesus, as he is leaving, he's trying to give information to the disciples, just like he is trying to help us grow in our understanding. And he says that his father is the vine dresser. Now, that word could be gardener, if, if you prefer, and you know about gardening. I don't know how many of you garden, but for him to say his father is the vine dresser, and then he goes on and he describes what his father does. Friends, you can't get more up close and personal. Because you have to have your hands on that vine, don't you? To do the things that the Father is going to do. So never feel like God the Father is just so distant from you. Because he isn't. He is intimately interested in you. And the kinds of things that he does, that Jesus explains, he inspects our lives. He inspects us. The goal is that we bear the fruit of his spirit, not our own carnal nature. He has, he has grafted us into the true vine of Jesus Christ. And so he inspects us. And here where it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, in verse 2, he takes away. This is not saying that you can lose your salvation at all. That is not what this is saying. Because if you look, he says, every branch in me. And then he goes on in the next verse, 3, and he says, You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. This is, if you remember back in verse 13, 10, when Jesus washed the disciples' feet, 
And Peter said, well, then if, if you need to wash my feet, that's not enough. Wash all of me. And in 1310, Jesus said to him, and he said, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you. And he was talking about how Judas was not clean. So here, Jesus, this is not a reference in 15.2 that if you do not perform well enough, if you don't bear enough fruit, he is going to take you away and you're going to burn in hell. That is not what this verse is because this verse in verse 2 says, every branch in me, in Christ. If you are in Christ, if you have been forgiven of your sins, then... There is no way that you need to be concerned about your eternal security because it is secure. But what this word arrow means, takes away in the Greek, it means to lift up. I don't know if you have vines, blueberry vines, raspberry vines, grape vines. But a few years ago, I got a raspberry bush, and, and I very quickly noticed that the vines that were perched up and growing strong, they had more sunlight, they were more plump, they were a better quality fruit than the vines that had fallen and were growing low on the ground. This is a reference, this arrow in the Greek, this is a reference to our Heavenly Father lifting us up out of the dirt, out of any worldliness we might have, out of anything that would make us more prone to the pest of sins. And he lifts us up if we have fallen. Have any of you fallen? Maybe fallen into sin, maybe fallen into despair, maybe fallen. And in your walk with the Lord, he lifted you up so you know this. But he also, in addition, prunes us so that we bear more fruit. And sometimes this pruning can kind of hurt, can't it? But he prunes us of this to take out the unproductive shoots. Again, have you grown something and you saw the importance of there being too many little what's called sucker shoots. And so those sucker shoots need to be pruned away so that the other shoots, the other parts can grow and flourish more. And so there are times in your life and my life where he may take away a friendship that wasn't productive for the kingdom. And maybe he sometimes takes away a job. Sometimes maybe he takes away a, a particular habit you have that has caused you to be unproductive as a Christian. So the Father is intimately interested in us. There's something else that, that uh, vine dressers do. They will sometimes take a branch and if it is growing in the wrong direction, they will have to break it just a little bit, not all the way, so they can tie it up because the vines need to grow on a post like this, if you've ever been and visited a vineyard. And so they train the vines to grow along like this so they can get sunlight and they can bear fruit. Have you ever felt broken before the Lord? But it's because he was trying to simply raise you up and have you be trained in the right discipline. This word prune, it's from this word that you might know of catharsis. It's a, a, from that, and it means to clean of those sucker shoots. Now, there's also something else that affects your you're being able to produce fruit for the kingdom and quality fruit. Last year, Keith and I 
had the privilege of going to Italy and we visited a vineyard and we're hearing about how the different grapevines grow and all of this. And they had a display of these different jars, tall jars that show the different kinds of soil. And guess what? Depending on what kind of soil that grapevine is planted in, it's going to produce different tasting grapes. So when Jesus says, abide in me, abide in my word, abide in my word, abide in my word, he is saying, you are going to produce good fruit if this is what you have your mind, your heart, your spirit, your soul planted in. That's why he keeps saying, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. And this word abide is that word minnow or mene, however you would prefer to say it. And it means to stay, remain. I've heard some people say, hang out. That's where you live. This is your source. When you're in despair, when you're angry, when you're hurting, when you're joyful, whatever. What you are doing by coming to Bible study is so good because you are abiding in the word. He uses this word abide 10 times in John 15. So this is a very important word for us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, in verses 3 through 5, Jesus affirmed the disciples, as I said, are already clean. But if they want to have more fruit and much fruit, this word abide is so important. I want to give you this visual <clears throat> because I think it's helpful. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he gives the Holy Spirit, flows through him into us, and that is how we bear fruit. Would you just put your arm out like this visual of this woman? And it's Jesus' life flowing into you through the Holy Spirit. So then you can leave and you can bear much fruit. Now, what is this fruit? It's important in Galatians 5.22 to recognize that the word fruit is singular. If you've been in any Bible study on the fruit of the Spirit, you probably know that. So in other words, you and I cannot say, well, I have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness. I just don't have self-control. You either have the fruit of the Spirit in your life or you do not. So at any point in time when you and I recognize that there is some evidence in us that we don't have the patience or we don't have self-control or we aren't feeling kind or we are feeling angry, not loving, that is a little spiritual light bulb that's supposed to go off in us. That's an alert that's saying your human nature, your flesh is vying for control or already has control. That's a, that's a healthy alarm system. So if we don't have those, then we need to be aware of it and then pray for the Holy Spirit to fill us. Well, how can we bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit. Like a vine draws sap and produces fruit, we draw on the Holy Spirit. 
I want you to see this visual of a grapevine because you can see the sap flow go up and you see where the branches of the grapevine have been pruned. There is something that's referred to as grapevine bleeding or grapevines tearing. And when that happens, this sap flow, when you see the sap that looks like a tear on the grapevine where it has been pruned, it explains the Oregon Wine Press uh, article did that sap flow is initiated when soil temperatures warm, stimulating the vines to start awakening from their dormant winter state. There may be some of us in here today who are going to awaken from our dormant spiritual state. It says the warming tr temperatures trigger the starch and nutrients to be remobilized from storage cells and move up through the vines from the root system and this increase causes water to move into the roots. As the water moves into the roots, it creates positive pressure and pushes water up the vine, resulting in sap flowing. This bleeding has a number of positive benefits to the vine. It assists in preparing for spring bud break and new growth. Friends, I want the sap of the Holy Spirit to flow through me. Do you? I want to produce fruit. There is a picture of that sap that is flowing up and through that, that dried wood. I'm a, I'm a dried wood. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm flesh, flesh and blood. I'm, I'm dirt like that vine right there, that branch right there is. But God has created this, this grapevine to be able to have the sap flow through it. And God has created you and me to have his Holy Spirit flow through us. Can I hear an amen to that? And so there is a visual of you and me. The life of Christ is supposed to flow out, flow in and through and out of believers and bear the fruit of his spirit. And as you look at a picture of a grapevine, and it's got this, this branch and it's got the leaves, but it's like this, it looks so much like a cross. It looks so much like Jesus giving his life on that cross. And when he did, he said he would send the spirit. And Jesus on that cross was a manifestation of love and joy for what was before him that he was going to be able to bring us into the kingdom and peace, love, joy, peace, patience. Do you see how patient he is with the disciples? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That is our Lord Jesus on the cross. And when we identify with him and we say, I know I'm just, I, I know I'm just this branch. But Father, prune away the worldliness, prune away the sin. Raise me up if I have fallen into sin or worldliness. I want to bear the fruit. I want to be kind. I want to be loving as you. Now, the fruit of the flesh is also listed in Galatians. And you can see there what that is. It is immorality, impurity, sensuality, 
idolatry, enmities, strife. Yes, ma'am. Strife, outburst of anger, jealousy, disputes. These are all red flags that our human nature is flowing in and through us. Our temper is flowing in and through us. Our natural self that we were born with is flowing in. That is, a, that is an alarm when we start having these things, dissensions, factions, ending. Ding, 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 ding. Your flesh is flowing. And, and we must at that point go and say, Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, fill me. My flesh is, is rising up. And, and Galatians, even to, Paul even talks about how the flesh, our, our natural self, our mind, our, our natural emotions, is at enmity. It's hostile to the spirit. So we have the spirit in us and we have our normal fleshly nature that we were born with. And Paul writes and he explains and he says, they're, they're enmity, they're battling, they're hostile to one another. And so we have to ding, 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 ding. Oh, I feel envious, I feel jealous. I just had an outburst of anger. Ding, 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 ding. Lord God, I need you. I need to go abide in you. I need, to, I need to leave this situation. I need to go read my word. I need to read love. I need to read this. Just as the Father loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. Father, I'm not feeling loving. The more this word abides in you, then the more you can draw on it. We must have a transfusion of the Holy Spirit and draw on the eternal wellspring of living water, Christ in me, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit. No, you and I are not to stay in despair. No, you and I are not to do things in our own strength. Yes, we are to abide in Christ. His words abide in us us and us bear the fruit of his spirit. Jesus is doing everything he can to explain to the disciples who he has just said, I'm leaving. And now he's saying, abide in me. How can I abide in you? If you're leaving, Lord, I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you is how you are going to abide. It was that image of Jesus with the hand and you and me believers taking hold of his hand and abiding with him. How can we bear much fruit? Verses five through 10, abide in Christ, stay in his word, pray, live daily intentionally to glorify God, draw on, be filled with the spirit, Act on the Father's initiative. Act on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is, this is critical. Learn the Spirit's voice. Learn his voice. And the more you know the word, then the more you know his voice. So you can act on the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Obey Jesus' words. This is how we do it. And we see verse 6 warns us. That if anyone does not abide in him, and this is the unsaved person, 
If anyone does not abide in him, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Friends, these are some lifeless branches. They, they do not have sap flowing through them. They are dead. They are apart from the tree. There is no purpose in these that I picked up from our, our property. They will be burned. If you are not in Christ, you are not alive eternally. Therefore, Jesus warns, you will not have eternal life with him. In verses 7 through 8, again, he explains if we abide in him, we can ask for whatever we wish because we will be asking in accordance with his word, with his will. And in 9 through 11, he explains the key to joy. Would you like more joy? He says, abide in his love. He says, all these things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. The secret to having a happy life is not going on your own and doing whatever you want. The secret to a happy life, a joyful life, is intimacy with Christ. He commands us to love one another. He qualifies friendship with him. If we do what he says, what he commands, he confirms his choosing and appointing us is for the purpose that we bear fruit, more fruit, much fruit, fruit that remains. As you pour your love from God, as you pour your gentleness, as you pour your kindness, as you live for the kingdom, then you will be used by Jesus. That, that, that is the thing. Jesus is leaving, and so now Jesus is in me. And so I go about and do as best as I can when my fallen nature doesn't take over. And that's you. You have Jesus in you. And so you are Jesus's light. And you are Jesus's as you work in the children's area, wherever you may be. Luke 19.10 is, is a verse that I used as the basis of my book, Discovering His Passion. Christ's passion. It's Luke 19, 10, and it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. And so we see Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And then when he ascended into heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit. And he said in John 15, 26, 27, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit, he will testify about me, and you also will testify. I love how Joan Miller just shared with me how uh, uh, her sister and a friend, Linda, Jean and Joan, Jean and Linda, had felt through the study of the word and coming to women's Bible study that they needed to be more intentional about being Christ's witness. And so they took their Bible and Bible study to Starbucks to do it there. And they had an opportunity then for God to create an encounter with a man who was he recently divorced or widowed or, and was invited to a Bible study that night. And he told these two members of our 
group here, our Bible study, that because he saw them sitting there at Starbucks doing their Bible study, he knew then that he needed to accept the invitation to go to that nighttime men's Bible study he had been invited to. That's bearing fruit that remains. Don't you want to be a fruit bearer and one that does actions that impact others' lives and remain? He said, he is the vine, we are the branch. And I don't know if you can see or not, but as I mentioned, it says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. And so you see those little pieces of fruit up there in some people? Those people are being the light of the world. Those people are carrying the fruit, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our dark world. That is you. I can't wait for us to finish so you can leave and go out in the world. Go somewhere. Go shopping. Go eat somewhere. Go do something. Go be the light. Maybe in your house. But carry the light of Christ when you leave. Of course, you know, in 17 through 25, he contrasts believer's love with the world's hate. And he explains for the reason for unbelievers' condemnation. He had come to them. He spoke to them. He did works no one else could do, proving he was God, and they hated him and the Father. And, of course, we see the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in 26 and 27 when he says, Jesus talking and says he'll ask the Father and he'll send the Holy Spirit. So we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want to close with this illustration because sometimes it's hard for us to understand, I think, and, and grasp what it means to abide with Christ. It, these might be three individuals who came this morning to our class. And, and this one may not be a Christian. I'm going to use these tea bags as examples. This one may not be a Christian, but this person may come to church and, and look and consider who Jesus is. And, and, and she may hear that he is living water and, and she may grasp that. And then this one may come and say, well, you know, I think what I'm going to do is I am going to dip into church and dip into Bible study. And every once in a while, I'm going to dip into prayer. And that's who this Christian is. They dip in Sunday mornings, maybe Wednesday mornings. But on the other hand, this one, this Christian says, I want to abide in Christ. I'm going to abide in Christ. And after a while, is this one going to have a stronger, more vibrant flavor and color, or is this one the one who only dips into church or Sunday school? This one is the one who is going to eventually have that more meaningful relationship, more of the flavor of Christ, because the flavor of Christ is going to be permeated. The flow of the spirit, the water, the eternal life is going to flow more through the one who abides. So at the end of your pews, if you would take those little pieces of paper that are clipped together and pass one down your row, I'd like for you to think about 
what the Lord might be wanting you to pray about. Would you say that you're not a Christian, you're like this one who comes here, but you've never taken the plunge, you've never made a commitment, you are not in Christ? Or would you be one who says, I dip in and out of church, I dip in and out of the word, but I don't remain there? Or would you be one that says, I do? Take a moment. If you would like me to pray for you, or if you would like to, for me to call you about one of those, you can fill that piece of paper and leave it in that white little box that's on the table as you entered. Our encouragement for us as believers is to know that you have a helper, the Holy Spirit in you, who is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And you have a calling to bear fruit, spiritual fruit that remains into eternity. And there is encouragement for unbelievers. You can confess to Jesus that you're a sinner. You can repent, which means turn from your sin. And you can call on Jesus, confessing him as Lord and Savior. He will forgive you, and he will give you the gift of his Holy Spirit and an inheritance in heaven. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, oh, yes, we stretch out our arms. We open our hearts. We ask you to fill us with your Spirit. Oh, Jesus, you said that you abide in us. Your words abide in us, and the more we fill ourselves with your words, and the more we seek for your Holy Spirit to consume us, then, Lord, the more fruit we can bear that is good, spiritual fruit of the Holy Spirit, and fruit that remains where you, through us, impact people for eternity and their souls are saved, and they grow and they mature in you. So use each of these ladies who have gathered here today. Help us understand more clearly what you mean by your teaching that you are the vine and your father is the vine dresser and that you call us to bear much fruit. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.